0: Thanks to Tata Consultancy Services for supporting this episode of the podcast. Tata Consultancy Services is proud to be the title sponsor of the TCS New York City Marathon and the first ever premier partner of the New York Roadrunners. Download the official app powered by TCS for exclusive race content for both in-person and virtual runners, including Marathon City 3D Maps, a new AR feature that allows runners to view the course, the change in elevation, and projected finish times. Welcome to Episode 6 of Habitual Routine. I'm Coach Anique Lamar.
1: And I'm Coach Roberto Manje. For this season of Habitual Routine, we'll be focusing on telling stories of runners who will be joining us for the 2021 TCS New Seed Marathon. Today we chat with Intasar abdul Qadir.
0: Intasar is on a mission to prove that Black Muslim hijab-wearing women can do anything, and she's living proof of that mission the London-based runner has already completed four marathons and climbed 5,364 meters above sea level to Mount Everest's base camp. She also lives with multiple sclerosis and is running this year's marathon with the MS Society.
1: We chat with Intasar about her journey as a runner, how she believes running can continue to be a more inclusive space and how her journey living with multiple sclerosis has never slowed her down. Spoiler alert, she just ran her personal best half marathon. All right, let's talk with Intasar.
0: Hi, Intasar. Thank you so much for joining us today.
2: Hello. Thank you for having me. Looking forward to our chat.
0: Absolutely. Now, uh, you are a four-time marathoner, and you've climbed to the base camp of Mount Everest. Yes. Can you tell us a little bit about how you began your running and physical activity journey? Um,
2: I've always been a runner. Like in school, it was very like natural to um for me to join the track team when I was. I'm um, 10 years old, my dad kind of like my dad's a runner as well. So he's like, oh, how about this? Just to like balance the studying with something else. Um, and I never looked back since then. And then um as like education continued, I went from um high school to further education, higher education, um, and then masters, running kind of like all took a back seat a little bit because just like studying just became too much. And um I was like, okay, we'll just take a back seat. But um I kind of fell back. I've always loved running, but I kind of fell back into it again as a way to like cope with life and pressures of life and just growing up and uh, and and I don't know. It's like a, it's like something I've always loved, and it just got magnified. And now I can't see a world where I can't run anymore. But um, it just, it just, I think the pinnacle of it was when I was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis in 2009, and um, I literally came back home, I remember, and it's just, the family was just being a little bit um, overprotective. Mum and dad just went on this, like, oh, I can't even explain it. Just thinking about it, because it's that anniversary is coming up the month of it as well. So it's kind of like, it may, It always hits home in October. And um, they, they just went on an overprotective mode drive. They were like, don't do this, don't do that. Take it easy, rest, take a break from work. I took a break from studying, and I did. I took a whole year out from my master's at the time. But um, I picked up my old running shoes and and I just went out and and it was so easy to pick it back up again. Like everything came back flooding and it just became like a way to, for me to deal with life in my own little way, away from my family, away from friends. And they all mean well till this day. They all mean well. But running is me time, and 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 it's such a protect. Like I protect my running time so much to the point where everything else can wait until I go out and get my run and come back. And, and I still treat it that way. And it's my break from everything. And it helped me cope with the diagnosis. It helped me cope with life. It helped me um, sign up for races. And London Marathon fellow on my lap. I got a big place. And um, it's just that that became my... That, that that was the journey that started by my world majors. And now I'm just hoping to get all six. New York will be my fourth. So, yeah, we'll see.
1: Yeah, wonderful. We're, we're so, you know... Looking forward to welcoming you to New York. Um, so and obviously, you, you mentioned, you know, your journey, your mission. So it seems that you're on a mission to prove that black, Muslim, hijab wearing women could do anything. Um, yeah. how, how do you think running has helped you pursue that mission?
2: Um, especially, I think the, I noticed it the most right at the beginning. Well, it's been 10 years now like me signing up to racism and stuff. I noticed that it, so, it was so vivid at the beginning where there was a lack of people that looked like me. Um, women or identifying as a woman, um, wearing a scarf um, from from an ethnic minority, living in London, working full time in London as well, um, and and just lining up at start lines, I could hardly see them, especially like local local park runs as well. Um, it's like I always thought, why isn't there more of us out there? And then, as you said, like it became like a mission of me, like going out there more, being seen more, being photographed more, sharing the content more and now I'm seeing more of that and, and it's, 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 it's weird because at races um, when I see someone when I see a woman girl wearing a headscarf like honestly a couple of times I've had girls come up to me and hug me I don't know them but it's just the fact that we're both there running these big races and we're both in a scarf and I think that means the world to me and it has opened so many doors for me as well to share my journey to share my story and hopefully to inspire the next young person to be like she can do it I can do it as well because running is for everyone it's just about making it accessible and and the running the runners community is one of the best in the world and they're so welcoming but it's just that one step and and just hope hopefully this has opened doors for so many other young people to be like I can do it as well and the scarf is not going to stop me and um yeah and 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 at the beginning I used to get like looks I'm like oh okay she's here lining up by races what is that she wearing her head but now with brands like um, Nike and Adidas and Under Armour, you know, having a, a functional hijab you can wear as part of your um, workout run outfit it makes life a lot more easier. So um, yeah, it's, it's 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 we've always been here lining up at races, but now we're more visible. And I just want to say to everybody, like especially to women um, from an ethnic minority wearing a hijab, it's okay. Like I'll probably be there lining up racing with you as well.
0: You know, I, I love the power of representation, right? That like the what it what the symbol implies, the communication between you and a young woman, like how there's an instant connection. And yeah. uh just instantly addressing, you know, the power of both of you being on that starting line.
2: Yeah, it does. And 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 I'm a firm believer of you can't be what you can't see. And and the fact that there's more of us out there now and we're seen and we're visible and we're getting photographed and we're um just just like just big big well uh, races and even like small local races as well. It makes a huge difference. So hopefully the next person will pick up their running shoes run and then hopefully inspire them to line up and race as well. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. I'd love to get your, um, your opinion on the running community, uh, and how you see it, um, uh, advancing and also how it needs to continue to do work uh, you know, you brought up the sports of jobs, which I think are such a visible representation. Um, and I know we have a, a youth program called run for the future. And when we would get our girls sports of jobs, we had to source them from, from actually England. Uh, we would mail away and get a, a sports a job from England and now in the U S they've started to appear more. So um, yeah, in your opinion, you know, that's just one thing that's moving forward. Um, what has you know? Where can the running community improve, um,
2: and w- where has it been doing well, and where can it do better? Okay, um, from what I've seen so far, uh, just with with the running community, and I've all and I'm, I'm I've always said this. It's the most loving, accepting, um, empowering group there is. But but being visible is so important as well, and maybe like hosting um, community events in. My, um, areas that have a high proportion of Muslims, ethnic minorities, Black Asian minority ethnics present. That is number one breaking barriers and those. And I think in London we are still we're, we're doing that. It's visible where there are run clubs in areas that might have more Black Asian minority ethnics. That also includes um girl, you know um Arab Muslim um Black Brown and um, hijab wearing girls and women um present. So that means oh if she's going I'm gonna go as well. Um, another thing is just within the social media world as well. Just um, reaching out to those communities through social media and putting the word out that, that the word out there that this is happening. And whenever I see something bubbling in um, in London, I will send a link to someone and say this might be interesting to your group. Or I'm going to be there. Do you want to come and join me? It's that that uh, that for me that has op- that was the easiest thing for me to do as as one person in this big world. But once. I go, someone else goes, that person invites someone else, like a dominant effect and um, we have just the easiest I mean, it, it's not as easy but sometimes the hardest thing is to join a run crew but once you do and you absolutely love what you're doing, you would invite your sister friend, cousin to come and join you and then the word respect that way because the runners community I'm always going to say this, the most, it's so accepting and it's just having things that are accessible to people that might not think it's accessible to them and just making it easier to get
1: through i actually I was listening you said so many powerful things so i you know I don't typically write notes during the interview, but you you had two great quotes that I just want to read back because I think they're really impactful and you know for our listeners is um and correct me if I wrote it wrong or heard it wrong, but we it's a we can't be what you can't see yeah yeah, and then the other one is we've always been here and now we're more visible so yeah. i I just I feel like you've already kind of said, it, but if you could kind of just expand on that, because I think you said it really quickly and it made sense in context, but I think it's so, so powerful that I literally had to write it down because I think that speaks for so many people out there who might feel marginalized and maybe don't see themselves um, in TV shows, movies, uh, in the field of sports. And, And obviously we're speaking to you about running specifically, but if you could just kind of expand to that and like how you came to that realization yourself.
2: Um. With, with with the with the um just just you can't be what you can't see I, it, I think it's become a mantra for me where I repeat it all the time now it happened when um if you're if you can't see someone that looks like you sounds like you skin tone color my, the piece of material on my head is, is a huge symbol that I am Muslim and if if a young person can't see that in what they want to do in life maybe, then it won't they won't go out there and do it. But now that and we're talking about the highest level as well. They're like hijabi Olympians now. So that is the, the the like the highest level of like sportsmanship. And young girls seeing that, young women, it's like it's so inspiring for for, for example, for me when I saw um if win the bronze for fencing for Team USA, and she did it wearing the Nike Pro hijab that I wear as well. I thought, my goodness, if this is not representation, I don't know what is. Like at the highest level there is, and 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 it's not just about the hijab as well. Seeing so many black um, sprinters, runners. I mean, look at look at long distance running. I mean, look at look at the runners yesterday that won um, London Marathon. Seeing that, it's like if she can do it, I can do it as well. And and and, and it's just. for me it's like when I get a message from a young person saying if you can do it I can do it then my job here is done it's it's, (laughs) just passing on the baton just inspiring the next young person and 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 I just want to be an inspiration to my nieces as well I have two nieces and I want them to be like I'm going to join the chat team in school because my auntie did it so it's yeah for me it's it's this just being visible and and your skin colour the um your um just your background, your story, your heritage, all of that being visible means that the next person would be like, they can do it, I can do it as well because we're seen. And I know I said um, we've always been around, it's just now that we're more visible. It's because of athletes that did it at high levels, um, world championships, Diamond League, Olympics. Now I'm like, she can do it, I can do it as well. And um, just carrying on doing good as well. It's not just going out there and doing the work, but also um, being, um, not, not necessarily like um, start like a movement, but just you're visible and, and just using that for good as well to help your community and your global community as well, because we're part of a bigger um, circle. Yeah.
1: Yeah, thank you so much for that. Uh, like I said, I, I'm just taking notes as you're speaking and I no not only am I satisfied with your response, but I think, you know, you just touched upon something that I always say to people, you don't know what you don't know. So by you being out there and, you know, you're maybe at the more grassroots level, but you're being inspired by the Olympians and the professional athletes, but then you're doing your part at the, you know, more local level, let's say, but then you're also inspired. So I just love that. Domino effect that it has, and it just continues to broaden people's horizons and show them what else is out there because some people you don't know what you don't know, and, and you yeah. can can be a victim of that. So, obviously, through the work that you're doing uh, and others, just kind of helping also break down those barriers and educate. So, thank you so much for that.
2: Thank you, and even like the, the impact it has on a community, for example, in the Salani community. Seymour Farah is a huge deal. I mean, he's a huge deal worldwide. But the fact that he also comes from a Somali background, watching the Olympics when he did double-double, I mean, the Somali community, everybody was proud. Everybody was like, "That's he's like us. He comes from our same background, and he did that. And that opened a floodgate of young Somali um, boys and girls signing up to races and, and joining track teams at school because Seymour Farah did it. And, 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 I mean, he's a huge inspiration for so many young people, including myself. So having that role model who comes from the same background as I am and doing the great work that he does at that high level is something else to be proud of as well. So also it's, it's very, yes, it's it's about the running community, but when it touches home, because it's someone that is from your country, it's that pride as well, which is absolutely amazing.
0: I love that you brought up Sermo Mo Farah because, you know, he's globally known, but you're really talking about, you know, that a dream um, can feel so much more tangible, so personal when you identify with the person who has done it, right? It's not this, this just pie in the sky. It's, it's home for you, right? You're talking it's,
2: about this. It's, it's this home on so many levels, like- He's comes from a similar background. He's British, like me. You know, we live in London. It's like so many boxes I'm ticking, and it's like he probably fought so hard for those opportunities. That means I need to fight just as hard because I'm a woman. So getting out there and doing the work is 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 as important as when you go out there as well and running. So yeah.
0: I I love how you've sort of, um, unpacked this, this cascade of impact that happens and mentorship and identity, um, as it keeps coming forward. I, I'd love to, um, learn more about your journey as an athlete with MS, um, and how that's informed how you've approached physical activity. And, and can you share a little bit about how that looks and, and how you, um, think about that?
2: Uh, I think it's a mindset because I could easily and the way I label it as well I always say I'm a person that lives with MS not I have MS because I live with it it's every day it's part of my 24 hours a day and I'm so grateful for running because it was something that I always had growing up and I fell back in love with it again after my diagnosis and from there signing up to races and 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 big tournaments as well became a way to me like to battle this diagnosis with MS, to be like, I can do it, I can do it, of course I can do it. This, I'm strong with MS, and I'm strong despite of MS. And I'm lucky because it's manageable now, it is, so I can live I can live with it quite easily. I've learned how to deal with it, the ups and downs. The, the lows are quite low. It's, I do have days when I can't even get out of bed because of um, my symptoms and the relapses. Um, and I've had days where I've had to cancel my runs because I couldn't go out. Two weeks ago, I had a my run coach scheduled me a two hours and a half run, which is easy to study just leading up to New York. And I woke up in the morning and I couldn't even move. And I messaged him. I said, today MS has taken over. I need a break. And I had a break. And the next week, I PB'd in a half marathon. So it's it, it just means like dealing with it and, and, and acknowledging the days that are tough and just learning how to like take a seat and go back and do it again. But living with MS and running with MS, some it is challenging. I'm not the fastest runner. I'm not I'm hopeful for a good New York time. But breaking two hours and a half marathon last week Sunday was the goal that I was chasing for so long. And I pb would by ten minutes. My last oh half my marathon. G- yeah. Congratulations. Oh <laughs> what? It's crazy. My last chip time for half marathon was just before the pandemic, everything, the whole world shut down, um, March 2020, and I was two hours and six minutes. And then Hackney Half last weekend, which was a huge race. Um, and my coach was running the race as well. And across the finish line, I was like, oh, my God, I just did 156, guys. Like, I couldn't <laughs> even it. Like, 10 minutes. And and I, I was looking at my stride. I'm like, no, that's not me. That's not me, <laughs> you know. That just... And then and I remember talking to my coach there. He goes, we're going to have to look at your plan again for New York because you can do an awesome time there as well. But it's just, that was the, my, my break in two that I was chasing, just like Kipchoge, but obviously not a marathon <laughs>
1: There you
2: <And> go. <laughs> it. Honestly, it was like the high of, like a runner's high is so real. It's just, it set up my whole day, week. I'm still talking about it a week later, but it's like absolutely amazing. So, yeah, that's something I'm taking with me even though i haven't had a long run the week before because i was sick but i showed up to their race on that day and i got a PB, so it was absolutely amazing yeah
1: that's just <laughs> wonderful um so obviously you're you're fit you know you're training well shout out to your coach whoever that is but yeah, they, they seem that to- <laughs>
2: he's great he ran london yesterday at 251 he's all amazing. right amazing yeah he's fantastic and he's running new york as well so it's great
1: all right so we'll look out for him obviously we'll yeah. be cheering for you so i guess the the you know last or maybe penultimate question for you is why new york you, you're obviously in london great city you, you're, you're fit you're training um what do you think makes what do you think is so special about the tcs new york city marathon or at least what have you heard about it since maybe you haven't run it before
2: okay so I've had New York friends here over the weekend and they ran London yesterday. They were absolutely amazing. And um, th- there's this bias. I'm, I'm a Londoner through and through. So I'm like, London is the best math. And I've cheered London. I've ran London twice. I'm like, no, nothing can beat it. Chicago was amazing. Berlin was amazing. But I always come back to London and say, London's the best. I'm a London girl. It's, it's the best. Everybody tells me that running ran New York, your mind will change the minute you've gone New York and through the five boroughs. Like everything you say about London, it might become your second best marathon and New York might be number one. So I just want to get out there and experience it. And, and and it's my first world major. After that, I'll have Boston, hopefully, and Tokyo. So it's like I'm over... It'll be my over-the-hump marathon as well. And I had my place since last year. Um, I got my... um, It was a big entry as well. Um, I, got, I got a place last year and I had to defer it for this year. So the training for the marathon... Is, is absolutely amazing. But the actual day will be a celebration of that training, of, of living through a pandemic, working in the healthcare system, through the pandemic. Um, and just and we've had so many lockdowns in London where I lost count. Just it will be a celebration of all of that, coming out of lockdown, um, surviving um, a pandemic, and also working healthcare system through the pandemic as well. It's been the hardest 18 months or so. We're still working through it. And um, it's just gonna celebrate all of that, and I can't wait to visit New York and to eat all the good food. And I'm just excited. And it's my first trip traveling since last year March, so it'll be like a nice holiday running combined. And um, I've had great things about New York, and now the borders are open. And I can't wait to be there. So yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Uh,
0: no pressure, Roberto. We we just have to make sure New York is perfect. All I think right, it
2: will be. Honestly, <laughs> I think it'll be great. I'm so excited. I've had, and, and I'm a huge like fan of like. Um, everything about New York—the hip hop, the, the culture—so I can't wait to em- embrace it all and to eat a good New York pizza.
1: Just wait till yeah. you run through the Bronx. Uh, you know that'll be around mile twenty or so, but you'll you'll get a, you'll get a dose of that.
2: Okay, they told me don't have music for the Bronx from mile twenty onwards. Just enjoy the, the vibe and the energy. So I can't wait. For the yeah. last point two miles, no music. It's just going to be pure crowds, vibes, and yeah.
1: There you go. Ride the wave.
2: Yeah.
0: Well, thank you so much for joining us, uh, you know, Instatar. We are so excited to have you come to New York to crush it um, and to to show New York City um, what you have. So thanks so much for joining us today. And we'll see you
2: in November. Thank you. See you in November.
1: Thanks to Honey Stinger for supporting this episode of the podcast. Honey Stinger is proud to be the official nutrition partner of the TCS New York City Marathon. Honey Stinger provides the fuel you need to push harder and go further before, during, and after training and race day. Their great tasting products are made with honey and are rich in carbohydrates and antioxidants. Shop at home with 30% off all Honey Stinger products. Use code RUNNY2021 at checkout and tap into natural sport nutrition to help you prepare, perform, and recover daily. That's code RUNNY2021. Applies to one-time purchases one use per customer through November 14th, 2021.
0: All right, runners, the training tip of this week is all about the taper. And that tip is to take the taper seriously. So for those who don't know, a taper is a period right before your goal race. So in this case, the TCS New York City Marathon and is a reduced volume in your training. So if you look at your training plan, you might see that it doesn't have runs that are as long, or that are as hard, and that's on purpose. And the good news is that the the app, NYRR Coaching Lab by Run Coach, builds the taper period into your personalized training plan. So all you have to do is follow your plan, and this time will allow your body to recover. There's natural stress placed on your body when you run, and the reduced volume is meant to allow your body to actually fill up the tank, come back to 100%, so on race day you're ready to go. Now, runners, you can't cram for a marathon, which means in the two weeks before the marathon, you can't do any secret workouts in hopes to get extra fit. What you can do is trust the taper, reduce the volume in your running, relax, and get ready for race day. Good luck, runners.
1: Thank you to TCS and Honey Stinger for supporting this episode, and thank you to Intisar for sharing your story. Please subscribe or follow wherever you listen to podcasts and share this episode.
0: Thank you to our team who helped make this show happen. Today's show was produced, edited, and mixed by John Phillips.
1: Thanks so much for listening and good luck as you continue your journey to the TCS New York City Marathon. We'll see you next week.